Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. That is something that band forever pleases me. They are forever making music that makes me excited. The music plays such a big role. One day I should preach about this. Just the power of praise and worship in the life of somebody when you feel down. And uh, the miracles that I've experienced because of worship is amazing. It brings down the anointing of the Holy Spirit like, like I want to tell you something. You can't get into worship in spirit and in truth unless you're right with God. And if you are right with God, in right standing with God, and you worship Him then, it's like the heavens just open. And it's like the Father would say, for example, uh, what can I help you with? What can I do for you? I love you too. I see you love me. And to me, it means everything in the world, just everything. My dear friends, I said to you, I'm going to talk about something which really is, let's call it mythological. But there is something that I want to take out of it, even though it's mythological, and point it out to you. You know, this world has just gone through this, this curse and pest and uh, plague and leprous type disease called COVID-19. And uh, so with that, um, I began thinking, and I've seen people die now. We've seen funerals. Uh, we've seen Pastor Cliver saying to me, five funerals in a week. And I know Pastor Tabo and Gidi at Soweto, perhaps even more. He had to get people to come and help him to bury. And uh, we've seen the COVID go through. And now there's the so-called Delta COVID that's uh, busy emerging. It's, it's heads like the next chapter and the next chapter. I'm not a doctor and I am not a microbiologist, but I can tell you something. The only one who can stop this lot is God himself. One decision. One prayer, listen to me now, one prayer for everyone who is at home on a Saturday morning. We are going in, the pastors are going in to broadcast via the internet, do a webcast straight for you, that you simply have to, if you're still in bed, just agree with us and just pray with us because we got to stop this thing in the spirit. And as the scripture says here that I've got in front of me, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I believe that uh, the scripture that says, Isaiah 10, 27 says, um, you know, so it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be on the top of the mountains. And uh, he begins to speak, the prophet Isaiah, he gives of the most profound, profound messianic, type of, of uh, utterances. And he also says, and it shall come to pass that the yoke shall be destroyed. The burden that you carry, the weight that is upon you shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So the anointing is critical. And um, I'm thinking this, this threefold fork of the devil, what got me to it, I don't know, but I saw the devil attack people on various fields and 
various types of, of, uh, of methods. And I could see three main methods at this point in time. And this is like the so-called three-point fork of the devil. The first thing is the attack on health. Everybody knows about COVID, and so we don't have to ponder too long on that. But there are more than just COVID. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, um, if there's more than COVID, then God heals them all. I believe God heals them all. To be very honest with you, I have always considered God my physician. Always. Now, um, if you take this, then there's a second and a third point. And uh, the third point, the, the second, okay, let me take the second to give you the third point. Second point is economy. And if I say personal, uh, provincial, your business, wherever you work, the nation, economy, worldwide economy. And then the third one is marriage and the family. Those are the three avenues which the devil is using. And I'm telling you right now, those are the three things that we are to start focusing on in our prayer. Hence, I have restarted the Saturday morning prayer meetings because I have felt in my heart that it's necessary, even though we can't come in as a big group, I get the people at home through the webcast. And I just need the amens, which means in Hebrew, aman, which means I believe it is so, it's the truth I believe. Faith is always based upon truth. And uh, to get the people on a Saturday morning, 7.30 to 8.30 to pray with us. Simple as that. They don't have to come to church. Anyway, it's winter right now, but we've passed the middle point of the winter on the 21st of June. Now, um, having said that, uh, one would think, okay, the, the three avenues of attack that I can clearly see. And funny enough, I've had a discussion with my friend and fellow minister, Pastor Clive Gopal. And you know what? He also said the same thing. He said, economy, the sickness, and marriage, and family relationships, they are under such severe uh, pressure that we've got to do something about it. And I thought to myself, okay, let's take it. Let's talk about the devil's fork. And let's just take a look at how he can be incapacitated. There is the perfect will of God, and there's also the permissive will of God. Now, you can't out-challenge God. You can't out-challenge him on anything because he knows the end and the outcome of everything. So also our lives. And uh, we find that in Job chapter number one. Now, I'm not taking the whole book of Job and doing exposition. I'm just taking a piece of it here. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? This is Job 1 verse 9. And, uh, and that is, of course, after the words of the Lord, he said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Blameless, upright, fears God, shuns evil. There's your formula of protection. Actually, a very powerful verse, that one. 
So Job 1.19 says, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made you, this is the almighty God, have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? How comprehensive is that, but at the same time insightful? Have you not made a hedge around him, the person, his household, around all that he has on every side? Doesn't matter which side the attack could be construed from. And his possessions have increased in the land. So the blessing is causing this man, Job, because of God, who is so pleased with him, now begins to bless him. But now he says, now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said, he said, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay your hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day where the sons of and daughters were, that's now of Job, uh, were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them, took them away. Indeed, they've killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped, I tell you. While he was still speaking, another one came also and said, fire from God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came along and said, the Chaldeans, the, uh, I think it's an Aramaic word, which in the Marshall's Bible handbook, uh, Chaldeans also could mean demons. The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, took them away. Yes, they killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, while he was still speaking, another came and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came up from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped. Now, that is what you call we say it doesn't always rain, but sometimes it pours. You know, you just get those days where you think, yeah, this is a bad day. Everything seems to be going wrong. In this particular day, yesterday was smooth. I enjoyed yesterday and whatever the case, but this one, this one's bad. And uh, Job just arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and verse 20, last word, worshipped God. My, oh my, that I haven't, haven't I had a very similar experience not very far back. When I worshipped God, the glory of God filled this room from where I'm busy broadcasting. This is also my prayer room. It's also my study. It's also where I would say a lot of my books are kept. And uh, uh, it's, it's just a place where I spend my time with God. But worshipped cracked the whip, broke the straw, broke the camel's back, and I tell you what it did, it kept me in such 
a presence of the glory of God that I didn't want to leave this room. All right? And then he said, Naked came I from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Now, I think that's about as far as I'm going to read in this story of Job, because, you know, uh, there's maybe another sentence that he said a little bit further on, where he says, Though he slave me, he slay me, yet I will trust him, talking about God. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him, the Almighty. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Now, this is where tons and tons of people fall short because you've got, now remember now, you've got marriages and family and relationships at stake. You've got economy personal and national and provincial and business and whatever in terms of economy that could be inclusive, you've got that as an attack of one of the points of this so-called mythical three-pronged fork of the devil. You get a lot of, I actually went into uh, the internet to see, are there any such graphics? And there are. And the fact is, what did they represent to me mostly? Precisely what I thought and what Pastor Clive Gopal spontaneously spoke about. And I thought to myself, speak on, brother, speak on. So you have sickness, you have your family, and then, of course, the, uh, the third one is your wealth or whatever you possess, your work and your finances. Well, that's where the story kind of rolls out. Job says, listen, though he slayed me, yet shall I worship him, yet will I trust him. Even so, I'll defend my own ways before him. And then Job 122 underline, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now, the pre-verses, if those of you who do study Bibles, I have plenty of study Bibles. This particular one is one, and it is, maybe you can see that it's pretty colored. Every page has got colors and notes, and I got much worse Bibles than this one, so full of, of little notes and remarks and things from Genesis to maps, as I always say. But that word, in all this, God did not sin nor charge God with wrong. A lot of people do that. They blame God. Can you think about it? They blame God for what went wrong in their lives when they possibly themselves caused the problem or somebody else caused the problem who is a member of the family and they just let it go. So, you know, compromise, I tell you, compromise brings a lot of trouble onto the horizon. Big, dark clouds. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with any wrong. And I say amen to that. Because in all the years of my life, he never did me wrong. He always guided me gently and he he kept me on the road of righteousness and he gave me the fear of the Lord as I prayed for two years, even more than two years, still to this day, I still pray about it. But particularly those first years, I prayed for that in the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Uh, the hope of his calling. That is in Ephesians chapter number one. You find the, 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 
the prayer of uh, the uh, Apostle uh, Paul there. Now, these uh, verses that we have is a very interesting, it was a very interesting section of Scripture. Now, let me say this to you, that the devil is always out to come against you, strike your economical value. And let me, let me just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to weave this into marriage, into finances, and into health. Marriage goes, is the right word awry? It goes very badly wrong when there's great financial duress. Arguments break out. Anger breaks out. You should have, you could have, you should have. Why didn't you? And accusatory. And unnecessary arguments are fired up in the presence of God, but also there's a couple of demons, they're chuckling now because it's exactly what they want. They want a couple of arguments. They want it to get real bad. They want some divorces that make the whole thing still even worse because divorce is not of God. What does Malachi say? I hate divorce, says the Lord. So divorce is a thing. It's not like the unforgivable sin. And I know there are people listening to me right now. You've gone through that. Let me call it by this word pain. I've seen people go through this word pain. I've seen people get into adultery and the opposite partner go through pain. But I've also seen that there were many of this and these things, uh, marriages, that could have been avoided because there is a godly way. And then I also see that children in a household are fireworks. Those children begin to take sides with the parents. There's very often a lot of misconduct. Children are being abused. Everything goes wrong. God is not in control. The flesh is taken over. Let me tell you something now. Hear what I'm saying now. If finances are under pressure, it brings pressure into the house. Because you think for yourself, the breadwinner, whether it be a father or a mother, the breadwinner of that house comes home with an empty hand. The, the family where the mother has done all her work and taken the children to school and looked after them and helped them with her work, whatever, she gets her husband coming home saying, I've just lost my job, or we haven't got enough for the month, or there's unwise budgeting going on, or there's a thousand other reasons, and a, and a big fight breaks out, and it does huge damage. There are many things that can cause damage to a marriage. One such thing that I have seen over and over and over again. I stood in front of a couple. They were busy getting divorced. And he was big time into pornography. And she looked at him. And with tears running like a river, two rivers down her cheeks, she says, I'm your wife. Was I then not enough for you and all your lust? And uh, what you know what? There are times in the ministry 
And then I've been busy with this since I made a vow to God in 1979. I said, I'm going to serve you with my whole household. I've, I've seen a lot of these things. And I've seen the devastation of pornography on a marriage. And then the perversion. See, the word uh, iniquity is the Hebrew word avon, which I spoke about, about in the past sessions, like in the prayer session last week. I spoke about it on uh, the uh, heart to heart. But still the word avon means to be twisted in behavior. This twisted behavior. Where did it come from? Okay. All right. So let me say this to you. Do you know what it's like for children to live in a war zone? Do you know what it's like for a child to make a choice between a mother and a father? Do you know? Do you know what it's like for a child to be uncertain about who of those parents are right? Do you know what it's like if a child doesn't know all the facts that they can say, okay, and we understand why this is happening. Because mostly it's hidden from children. And the most heinous of sins are committed. And let me tell you something. Nobody goes and sins, gets a huge loudspeaker system bugle, blow the bugle on the corner of the street and say, I'm going to sin now. Everybody look at me. Here I am. And out over that loudspeaker system, listen, I'm going to sin now. I'm going to sin. Look at me. Get full attention. Get cameras on me. I'm going to sin. Does that how, is that how it works? No, it never is how it works. Always in secret. You see, God talks about our secret sins. And that is where the trouble comes in. Now, once another woman, I'm going a little off the track, but this is okay because we're going to get very comprehensive in all of this that I'm talking about. Three points of attack of the devil and the one is the family and we're on the family now. But you know what? It's, it's like, it's, I, I, I see the destructiveness. I see children becoming dysfunctional. I see children becoming uh, twisted in their behavior and sexually they become twisted. And then I have cast demons out of people. I had one woman in the city of Newcastle in Natal. There's one woman in Nutel, in Natal, in Newcastle. She was a small girl. She was like one of those small ones, you know, like five foot, five, six, and not big. And she was so demon possessed. Her habit and her enjoyment was to come to the church on a Sunday. And the moment the pastor says, let me pray for the people, and the people came forward, she came forward, and she physically jumped and attacked the pastor. The poor guy didn't know his authority. He didn't know what it was all about. He just wanted me to come and pray, have some revival services. They have that once a year. I often wonder about that because they have a revival service now. Next year, they need another one. Why? Revival begins with you. Revival begins with everybody. Everybody says, well, we're going to have revival after all this COVID. Now I say revival can begin with you today. Begins with you. It's a decision you make and it's a decision that you keep no matter what. Even if you grind, if you bite your own tongue till blood comes out, you keep that. And you stay with your vows to the Lord. You honor him in it. Those children are molested by neighbors. That little girl came into the church I spent the whole day because I was alone in the house. There was only a, 
a lady taking care of the house? And I thought, no. And I locked my door so nobody could even come in. I wouldn't answer the door. Just there around the bed, around the bed, around the bed, around the bed. I prayed. I walked, praying in the top of my head. So I said, stay away from this door. Don't come near this door. I am busy praying. And you know what happened? Nobody came there. I went to church. Man, the glory of God was all over me. I was ready for this thing. I mean, I was now in for business. And so I preached my preach, my sermon done. I say, okay, everybody wants prayer, come forward. And guess who came out like very first? The self-same little girl thinking that she's going to sink her long nails into somewhere in my facial skin. What did happen just quite that way? Because the power of God struck her when she got as far as me from me as this camera, maybe a meter, two meters. This camera is front in front of me is not far. Maybe call, let's call us two meters. The power of God hit her. Boom. And she was on the ground and she was manifesting demons. And I said, take her out, take her to the, to the back where the church board meets and send a few women with because this is a girl. And so she can't get all vulgar in front of just men, take a, take a lot of women out and uh, then go wait there for me with the pastor and I will join you just now. Well, I went to the back, started casting out demons, went on on a Sunday night till 1 a.m. in the morning when the final ones were out. The results were so staggering. All her perversions and perversities and aggressiveness and murder and hatred was gone. She went home. She had a tall father. I met him. He also gave his life to the, to the Lord with his wife. They, they came out. They said, you prayed for our daughter. We haven't got the daughter that we had yesterday. She is completely changed. She's gone through a total character change. I said, well, that's good. That's very good. I said, uh, that's fine. He says, well, both me and my wife came to church tonight, give our lives to Jesus Christ. The family was saved with their daughter all standing there hugging. Now, you see, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. Though he curse me, yet shall I worship him. Yet shall I trust him. In him I shall rely. rely. I will state my case to him in the presence of the courts of the Lord. I will not say or speak over my lips one evil thing concerning the Lord my God. With that, I'm going to give you over to a little false Christian center band. And tonight I continue with the story because we're kind of, it looks like we're into family now as the first of the three prongs of the fork of the devil. I think we can leave sickness to a little bit later so that I can get to that. I also want to get to economy, and uh, but I want to get to your household. Let's get the household healed. Let's get the household praying together. Let's get the household blessed and their food blessed and their work blessed and their jobs blessed and surrounded with favor. Can you say amen? Right. I'll see you tonight at six. God bless you. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.